I can't move and I'm trying so hard to like open my eyes and I can't see or it'll be blurry and I can only see light and dark and like a little bit of shapes or I'm trying to move. It's always this because I'm always trying to punch people in my dreams. (laughs) That's joy. Welcome. Welcome to joy. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. All right. So we're already recording. Full disclosure. Uh, sometimes we miss like stuff at the beginning if we don't start right away. Yeah, that's OK. Um, we should. Um, we have a special guest today. We'll just start. We have a special guest today. We have Laurie who wrote into us about her fucking terrifying sleep paralysis. No big deal. Um, and uh we're going to hear more stories because good Lord, um, uh-huh. let's, um, but before we do that, let's introduce ourselves and not do half an hour before we do it. Like we know. Okay. We can try. Okay. So I'm Emily <laughs> and I'm joy. And this is the, the residuals. residuals. Um, Laurie. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm very excited. <gasps> we, are we are too. Where are you joining us from? I'm in Houston, Texas. Oh, cool. And for our listeners, I have the baby with me, so he's going to be grunting, squeaking. and um, But he's cute, so it doesn't matter. delicious. <laughs> he's really awake today. He God. really is. He took a nap for a whole 15 minutes this morning. So that's just, we're doing great. All he needs. <laughs> it's so hard to be grumpy that he didn't sleep because he's so effing cute. He's just all cheeks. <laughs> So, okay, sorry, enough about my delicious baby. Um, Laurie. Yes. Good God almighty. Tell us. I would I would love for you to tell us what you wrote us, like, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah. Okay, so the thing is, is we have a mutual friend, Anessa. We do. Scones. Scones, Anessa, who also has had, she's had the man in the hat who did the creepy thing under... The embroidery. God, that was awful. Yes. And I've been in that room. (gasps) Yes. So she's from Houston. Yes. We were college roommates and we up all night telling scary stories and drawing, right? With Sharpies. That's what we did all night long. And um, so she told me about the man with the hat. And I told her about my sleep paralysis. And not too long ago, we noticed I had this book where we had drawn and I had a tiny little silhouette of the man in the hat of hat man. Uh Oh my God. And, um, and we had like, we, it was like, we had done this like picture together. We were talking while I did it. And she's like, wait a minute. Who is that? What is and I was like, I don't know. I just drew this picture of Hat Man. And so. Oh, my God. Like, 
started this whole like thing of, do you remember me talking about that? Blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, do you remember telling me about your sleep paralysis and the stories and everything? And I was so shocked because like, I didn't like the sleep paralysis is so weird. I didn't think anybody really understood what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Essa remembered every single detail. It's the bag like, of sand. The way you described the bag of sand. Yeah. Like, like oh being covered God. in like sand. That was like exactly. Yeah. And it's so like, like the validation when somebody gets it is such a big thing. Cause you're like, Oh wait, I'm not insane. Yeah. Right. And she remembered it like not to give it away. I'll talk about it more, but like all the way to me banging my head against the wall. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, somebody like actually clearly understood what I was saying. And then when I heard you guys reading it, I was like, oh, that is scary. Yeah. You know, terrified me. But like, I, it, it was really interesting to hear you guys be like, oh my God, what? Yeah. You know, because it was terrifying. I used to cry every day because I didn't want to go to sleep at night. Oh, babes. Oh. They started my sophomore year of high school mm-hmm. every night. Like I said, I would fall asleep around 3 a.m. And I would wake up around 3.08 every single night. So were you falling asleep that late because you were just terrified to go to sleep? Were you like keeping yourself up? It's like an insane insomniac. Yeah. Same. I was, I was Same. similar. So yeah. Yeah. And like, I think my anxiety, I was terrified of the night mm-hmm. light on and the tv on and everything and i just couldn't even though like i exhausted myself during the day i couldn't sleep so i would fall asleep around the same time every night it's dark pitch black i wake up my bedroom is exactly the same but the light wouldn't be on and the tv wouldn't be on right oh Wait, in in your dream or in reality? In my dream. Okay. But I didn't really think about that at the time. Everything would be quiet. Um, Except the first time I had the dream. Well, let me get a little bit more into it for people who didn't hear. Um, The only way I could tell I was dreaming was I had a light on this headboard behind my bed. And I would reach back and, you know, hit the on switch and if the light did not come on, I knew I was dreaming. Oh, my God. Even though at the same time, and I'm so glad you guys got this, like my body felt like it was weighed down by 300 pounds of sand. Impossible to lift. But every time I'm just frantic, my mind is completely awake, right? So I know that I want to get out of this, this like realm because I'm scared to death. And, you know, like after having it a few times, I realized that that's what's happening again. Okay. So you would know automatically what was about to happen. Right. Right. So, and this is another thing that Anessa got that I didn't think was easy to understand, but I would get out of my bed very slowly and put my hands against the wall and try to just move myself to my door. Mm hmm at that point, I would also try to turn on the light to my room, which also wouldn't come on. Interesting. Huh. 
And then like at any point, if I made a false move, which I'm not even sure what I mean by that. It's just like, if I did something wrong or didn't like hold on or then I would end up back in bed. Like exactly like I started. Like it would just reset. Reset. Oh my God. So, I mean, it was so frustrating and like my heart would just drop because I knew I had to wake up from this because it was just a nightmare, literally. So I would just keep doing that because the, the end goal was getting to my mom in hopes that she would wake me up. Okay. And there were just no rules. Like, it seems like you're saying like, you didn't know what the rules were, but if you did, you made like somebody else had the rule book and you were just trying to guess your way to your mom's room the whole time. Yes. Right. Right. No idea. Like what I was supposed to do, how I was supposed to do it. It, 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 there was never any point where I was like, oh, if I do this, then I end up back in bed. Mm-hmm. Right. There was nothing that, that made sense. I would just end up back in bed and think oh, I did that wrong. Oh my gosh. And all of that was happening in just a few minutes because you were waking up like eight minutes later about. Yes. Right. Wow. And that like, really blew my mind. And it sounds very much like, you know, I have anxiety and I've had anxiety since I was a kid. It sounds like very easy to write off as an anxiety dream. Just be like, oh, well, I'm just nervous that I don't know the rules or I'm going to make a wrong step and, you know, whatever. But, but like my mind is completely awake. Yeah. Which was just a frantic, frantic and terrifying Oh my gosh. So two times, maybe three times I can remember it was different. And I'm sure there were like differences along the way because I had it. I had it hundreds of times, but I do remember one time making it into the hallway to get to my mom's room and the hallway just never. No. All of these things reminded me so much of the way they portray nightmares and nightmare on Elm street. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the stuff you're describing. I'm just thinking like, Oh, you wake up and you do your normal thing, but like the light won't go on or like Mm -hmm. the stairs are suddenly very sticky and you can't move. Like it's so reminiscent of that. And I have been wondering if um, Wes Craven and everybody who developed that, if anyone had, sleep paralysis dreams themselves that they were like pulling from because it just sounds so much like it. 100%. Yeah. Sometimes when I go back and watch horror shows or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, this is a love letter to sleep paralysis. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I don't know if you guys watched um, The Haunting of Hill House. No, I'm too afraid. No big deal. Normally I'd be, normally I'd be like, oh yeah, let's do that. For some reason, that one I cannot. No, and you watch lots of scary stuff. That one, um, I just recently rewatched for Halloween, and I was like, oh my god, this is just all one big sleep paralysis like situation going on here. Oh god. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, like, I think over 
time. And this is what I was telling Anessa the other day. And she's like, you must recontact them because I actually did go to a sleep doctor for the first time in my life. Okay. Oh, so all of this is like coming to a head right now. Right. And I'm listening to a podcast with Dana Carvey and Cheryl Crow, and they both have sleep paralysis. Ooh, really? Yeah. So they're talking about their sleep paralysis dreams and they're nothing like mine. Like people are there, everybody's around all of this stuff because I haven't had the classic sleep paralysis dream that I had like as a teenager and in my early twenties, I haven't had that in a very long time, but I do have dreams. And I, and I think it was you joy who said like, you have the dreams where you can't open your eyes. Yes. And they're terrible. Terrible. And that's that's what I experience now. So I'm kind of wondering if that's like an evolution of sleep paralysis. Interesting. But now like I have the dreams where I can't open my eyes and can't open my mouth. <gasps> oh no. No, no. It's a, it's so because like and those are the dreams that like stick with me. Like I'll remember them for years after just being like, I can't move and I'm trying so hard to like open my eyes and I can't see or it'll be blurry and I can only see light and dark and like a little bit of shapes or I'm trying to move. It's always this because I'm always trying to punch people in my dreams. (laughs) That's joy. Welcome. Welcome to joy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I'm always like this motion, like punching very slowly and like nothing happens. That's kind of a sleep paralysis thing, like where you're not able to move very quickly. And yeah, so I'm going to say something that's probably going to disturb y'all. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. Do it. Come so on. It's the eyes thing. This is my description of it. And I'm almost always driving when I can't open my eyes. It feels like my eyes are closed about three quarters of the way, right? So I can just see out of the very bottom and it's very blurry. It feels like they are sewn together, the bottom of my eyelid and the top of my eyelid, (sighs) only allowing my eye to open one quarter. Yes. Mine mine is like, um, you know, the scene in the matrix where he takes his mouth away and it's just like, or, or like any of those movies where like the mouth closes and it's just like skin stretching through little holes. Like it feels like my eyelids are like closing together, like adhering. So like not, not even glue, like now they're just going to close and I can't ever. Yes. That. Bleh, yes. <laughs> and so with the mouth thing, this is what like really hit me the other day when I was watching Haunting of Hill House, there is a scene where one of the characters has her mouth wired shut and she's trying to call for her mom. And I was like, that is, that is, that is exactly it. I felt that so hard. Oh my gosh. Most of my dreams, I'm just trying to get to my mom. Yeah. Right. Right. And there's no like, whatever, like you like talk about that in therapy a lot, but um, well, she's base. She's safe. She's the safe zone. Like 
everything will be okay once you get there. But I never get there. Oh, God. No. Did you have any sort of, I mean, not even dream stuff, but paranormal things happen prior to these dreams? No, but I will tell you, um, the first time I had sleep paralysis, I did hear voices, you know, and like there were spirity people like in the shadows and around. Uh While you were asleep or while you were awake? While I was asleep. So that was the first experience with sleep paralysis. And I could hear voices and I did not like that. No, no. Hearing voices is never, (laughs) never fun. (laughs) Like these people, but they were kind of ghostly and it it was not, I was not on board for that. And how long did this set of dreams where you were just trying to get out of your bed to your mom, how long did that go on for? So I had them Every night for a year. Oh my God. How did you get anything done? You must have been exhausted. Yeah, I was exhausted. And I was a sophomore. So I was doing like drill training, theater. Oh my God. Around the clock. (sighs) No. Still couldn't sleep at night. High school is already so hard and cruel. Why? Why can't we just sleep? (laughs) I, um, I have a question for you. Yes. One of the things, so we've talked in the past about like PK manifestations and um, things like that. One of the theories is that when poltergeist type occurrences happen, they start to manifest when there is a hormonal change going on inside the household. So it's either kids going through puberty or it's someone starting the menopause. And being that you were a sophomore in high school, could it have, do you think it could have been tied to that change that's happening within your body, you know, as it's happening and it's starting to, you know, you're becoming a woman. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, oh, um, you're, you're going through the junior change. Do you do you think was that around the time that it started? Yeah. Yes, I was very delayed. I was very small. I weighed like eighty pounds when I was a sophomore in high school. <gasps> yeah. So it was very. I was very delayed, and it was around that time finally that I started to develop and uh, got my period for the first time. I never in a million years, I mean, I've been trying to figure it out, like what it would have been related to at that specific time in my life. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that we've heard a lot of people talk about or that we've realized you know, like this, like halfway into a discussion, we're like, oh, wait, when, when did this happen? When did you? Oh, okay. This is what we refer to as ghost therapy, Laurie. It's true. (laughs) Ghost therapy. I, you know, when you were talking about trying to turn on the light, I started having sleep paralysis in high school. I started having it my junior year. I was also stressed because we just moved to America And I remember desperately trying to move my arm to turn on the light. 
Oh my God. It was terrifying. I couldn't open my eyes. I knew something was in the room. I never saw anything. I knew it was in the room and I knew it was standing by my door. One of the things we discussed in our recent Halloween episode was a girlfriend of mine is from Hawaii and she was telling me about a nocturnal paranormal type uh, folklore thing from the islands, from their culture about when your bed faces a door, like the foot of the bed faces the door, um, like entities will come and like try and get you to like lead you away. And the thing is, is that the entire time we lived at our old house, anytime my daughter's bed, the f- the foot was at the, you know, if we rearranged her room and the, the foot was towards the, the doorway, she sleepwalked almost every single fucking night and I mean every night like and because she's got long hair she would kind of look like the girl from the ring it would just be over her face and it was terrifying and since we moved to our new house and her bed isn't facing the door she sleepwalked twice the first week and that was it and after hearing this story you know this this thing from my from our mutual friend I realized that in high school, when it all started happening, the foot of my bed faced the door and it was the doorway that I knew something was there. But when I was in university, it carried on and my foot, you know, it was like, that was the start. That was like the opening for it. Um, My roommate, freshman year of college, she'd never experienced anything. She never really had that like she didn't really believe in that shit. She was from West Virginia and was like, no. Um, she started having them. When I was in the room, she would she would see someone start to open a door that didn't exist. It was in the wall, peek out, and if they saw I was in um. the room sleeping, they would back out and close the door. If I wasn't in the room sleeping, they the door would start to open and she would wake up freaking out. So mine i wasn't having sleep paralysis anything in that room it's like i'd opened something that then it was affecting her but then um it picked up again second to last year of college for me where i would feel it again and it was again standing at the end of my bed and it was i was able to open my eyes i couldn't see it but i knew it was there standing in the shadows and it was awful, um, awful. And it always seemed to happen. I don't know if it was a stress response. It would happen when I had yeah. things going on in my life that were external stresses. Mm-hmm. But that the the fact that it seemed to it affected my roommate in the dorms, who doesn't believe in that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of debunks that for me, that it, it, it wasn't a stress response. Hang on though. It can be both. Mm. I mean, I feel like a lot of times there's, it has to be this or it has to be that Mm -hmm. we speak a lot about intention. We speak a lot about, um, attracting things with negativity or positivity and that sort of thing. So what if 
this is a situation where we're already riddled with anxiety and we have extra stress and we're emitting this feeling and things are attracted to it. What if it's that kind of a thing? Because maybe your roommate did see that and it was because it was coming to you because you were stressed. I will say it was around this time that my... oh. Oh, no, we lost her. Fuck. Oh, no. Larry, come back. The sleep paralysis demon doesn't want us talking about it. Jesus Christ. Larry, where are you? Larry. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in. Email us at theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. And I think we have a Twitter too. No, no, we don't have one anymore uh, because F a whole bunch of that. So anyway, yeah. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah. All right. All right. (gasps) Oh, thank God. Oh, sweet Jesus. We thought that the sleep paralysis demon just pulled the plug. I did not. I don't know what happened. I'm so sad. We came to a revelation about attracting things through our anxiety and it was like nope can't have my secrets spilled goodbye i was saying that when this shit started happening with my roommate that's when my substance abuse issues really started taking off so i've i've been sober eight and a, 18 and a half years right i got sober when i was 25 so this is <laughs> yeah um this is when um, it really started to take off. And so one of the things we've discussed on our show is that it seems that people with substance abuse issues, like myself, it's it's a lot of self-medication for different mental illness, you know, things. But also it is a way for some people like myself who are sensitive to shut that door, right? And so, um, but what that does is it attracts lower vibrations. It, it, It attracts the things that are not good instead of the higher vibration type things. And so- looking back it's like that was the beginning of my downward spiral into mm. into that into the madness of <laughs> blackout into the madness that's, yeah into the madness into exactly. the madness, <laughs> into, the madness. And Capital M. into the oblivion is basically what it was um you know it was it was seven years of self-medicating and that is when it really took off and it was around that time. It was my second semester of freshman year and it was when it really took off and that is when it started affecting people around me. And that mm. has only just occurred to me <laughs> while we're talking. Okay, hold on to your hat. Yeah. Okay. I have been sober for five years. Shut the fuck up. Congratulations. Congrats, darling. Thank- Especially during a pandemic. Getting through a pandemic. 
while sober is hard with a teenage daughter <laughs> no <laughs> i thought i had it bad with a three-year-old that's even that worse element, yeah that element so yes yes i mean i have absolutely self-medicated for my entire life or you know since i turned 19 so that's interesting and i also attributed that year of uh, sleep paralysis to stress. I thought it was a stress, you know, it was caused by stress. I mean, it is, it's stress. It's just, is the stress welcoming something in? Is the stress being kicked off or perpetuated by something else that's trying to bother you? And then if you, did you ever see, um, I mean, you saw like the man in the hat and stuff. I've never seen the man in the hat. Anessa saw the man in the hat. But you drew it? Yeah, because she was telling me about it. Oh. Him, And then I kind of forgot about him. And just recently I started reading because this stuff fascinates me. So I was reading and there's a whole like subculture dedicated to the man in the hat right yes so oh yeah i show anessa this thing and i'm not really thinking about it apparently we had named him bob bob and <laughs> yeah he's just a little hat man and then um bob with an arrow and she's like what is that what is that you know and i'm like oh it's just a little funny thing that i drew or, you know and she's like no that is the stuff of my nightmares and then she tells me about the like fringe where she's like got her head under it oh it was the god the fringe thing no no like there's so many other things this dude could have done to be creepy but that's an especially like weird niche thing that anessa was doing (laughs) alone in her room laurie she was acting it out so when she's sitting there she's just like doing her face and it was like that would for me i'm like i'm fucking done so i have a question for you mm-hmm. did you see it and if you did what how did it manifest itself the whatever it was in the room with you okay so years and years later right this all started when i was a sophomore in high school then when i was like 41 right nothing ever happened just dreams just very scary, weird dreams. Age of 41, I had been out of rehab for several months. So I was probably the most lucid, sober, aware, awake that I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. That's when the clarity starts to kick in. That's when, yeah, life, you've got life on life's terms at that point. Yeah, and like the clarity I had never experienced before. So I was fully aware. And let me also like like jump in here because I also have a ring daughter, the ring daughter who has like the long brown hair and she just looks like oh. from the ring. Like I gave mm-hmm. birth to her a trope, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and like I would be in my room and sometimes I would look up and she would just be standing in the door staring at me. Yeah. No, no, no. no. My kid used to just stand next to the bed or I would be recording with joy and I wouldn't hear her come out of the room and I would look up and she's just fucking standing there and it is not okay. 
But there was one time that she was kind of awake and I didn't know. And she woke me up by standing next to the side of the bed with her mouth wide open like the kid from... Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was, maybe it was also the ring. I don't know. It was, it was the one that was based in, it was set in Japan with Amber Tamblin that had the creepy kid that was hiding in the closet and his mouth gets really wide open and like he meows like a cat or screeches like a cat. My kid (laughs) is standing next to my bed with her mouth wide open and eyeballs like just popping. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this sleep paralysis situation? And she's actually awake. And the next morning, she says to my husband, Daddy, I really scared mommy last night. I stood there and did this face. And I'm like, you little, you know what? Like, not cool. Don't do that. Don't do that. She can be. She's delicious. But she's got, she's got a, she's a pickle, which is the best way I can put it. I don't have any of that. I just have a child that wants to try to get back in my body all Mm -hmm. of the time. So he's still like, and he's six and a half. So he like climbs in bed almost every night still and just goes, mommy, cuddle, cuddle, mommy, cuddle. Mm. (laughs) What happened at, like when I was in bed, like in the, I I would be awake and I'd look in the doorway and she'd just be standing there staring, you know, like (sighs) not on purpose to scare me. But after I told her that it scared me, she might have been doing it on purpose, you know, like, Ugh. right? No. So that is what kind of makes the thing that I saw interesting. So I'm asleep. I wake up. It's around 4, 4.30. Everything's dark. I'm not as afraid of the dark anymore. I haven't been afraid of the dark since I was 27, pregnant. And decided I can't be afraid of the dark if I'm going to have a kid. Listen, you don't have to show off. Okay. Some of us are still afraid. You don't have to be a show off about it. (laughs) Right. I just decided that because I spent like 27 years, like unbelievably terrified. So I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm lying there. I'm very lucid, clear. And I see my daughter, what I think is my daughter standing there next to my bed, like maybe a few feet away, staring at me. No. But I can only see um, her silhouette. And she's a little bit taller than she should be. No. And I'm thinking, what is she doing? (laughs) I'm confused. I say her name. And this thing, as I say her name, this thing pops like a bubble, mm. a filmy bubble. And it's black. I mean, it's a black filmy burst. And then I knew oh my God. it was not my daughter. <sighs> so I immediately sat up straight. And of course, what I used to do when I was a teenager, I reach for the light overhead, pull it, and it comes on. So I know it's not. Get up, walk quickly to her room, wake her up, tell her to get in bed with me. Because I know if I wake up and she's in bed with me, Mm -hmm. then it wasn't a dream. Right. The next morning, she's in my bed and she's like, yeah, I know. You told me you saw something weird. Mm. 
Like, I remember that. Oh my God. <sighs> I have but so, oh you said God, that you were, so many... you were able to turn on the light with this thing. It was the strangest thing. Which means it wasn't. I wasn't afraid. It, that means it. It and it means it wasn't sleep paralysis. Then it was real, right? Not at all. And my body was not heavy. I was normal. Nothing. I mean, it had none of the characteristics of sleep paralysis. Mm-mm. I spoke to this doctor last Monday about it, and he's like, "Yeah, people who have sleep paralysis often see figures, like as they're going in and out of sleep paralysis." And I'm like, guess what? I know. I mean, I didn't tell him about this. I was like, I know what I saw. I have had sleep paralysis mm-hmm. hundreds of times. I fully understand the parameters of sleep paralysis. And like being awake for several minutes, you know, looking at this thing, totally able to move. This, this, that was, that was not the um, result of sleep paralysis. Jesus. And you were able to look at it long enough to discern, oh, no, it's not the right height for my child. And it's not this. And, it, you know, like it wasn't just some quick thing that like blipped. It's not like you opened your eyes and they didn't focus properly or you were still partially dreaming. Like none no, of that. I stared at it for a while. Like what? What is going on here? Like that's kind of odd. I mean, but literally. What did it look like? It looked like a shadow figure. Completely. Like, was it just a silhouette? Just as was it the silhouette of like a person, or was it like super tall? Was it proportional for like a person, or was it something that you were like, This this does not look normal? It looked like my daughter's silhouette. <gasps> Lori, you were saying that you've looked up some stuff about the man in the hat that you've like read or seen some things about it. Yeah. Have you gotten into the theory of them being visitors? Because I like, whether it's aliens, multidimensional, whatever, like I always kind of come back to this, like maybe they're just like crossing in and out of another dimension. Maybe they're in a multiverse somewhere and we're passing through. Like the things that I've heard from people who like in the documentaries we've watched and stuff sometimes it sounds like they're watching and they're watching entire families and they're watching people grow up and it stays with them and it's like I don't know it makes me feel like are they just like popping in from another timeline are they coming back to check on things and there's always a hat and you know do we want to get into like the fringe aspect of it being you know like investigators or something from you know like the x-files from the future (laughs) isn't it odd that they always see that same silhouette like the man with this top hat like all in black i think that's kind of mind-blowing i was on a subreddit that's called like Catman, right perfect (laughs) and and like people come in and they're like what did i see like they've seen him for the first time and they can't believe that there's a whole like community of people who have seen this guy. Like, and, and when Anessa was talking about him, I was like, no, no, like lately, all of these people are popping up saying, what is this? What is this man, you know, in the hat? What is, what am I seeing at night? So, and they, and there are a lot of different mm-hmm. stories, you know, 
So it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that I've, I've seen the documentaries too. And like, yeah. Yeah. And they'll say the hat can change, but there's always a hat and there's always this very similar silhouette. Like maybe it's not always a top hat. Maybe it's a different sort of thing, but um, there was something about it. I have not read this book in years, but it's funny because it ties into um, sleeplessness and the book Insomnia by Stephen King that I read 8,000 years ago when I was a kid. But there was a whole thing about people watching like, you know, like they were visiting from another place or keeping an eye on people or keeping the timeline right, or that sort of feel to it where they were like agents from a government or whatever agency that were watching people. And it, it's crazy. Cause I hear myself say these things and I feel like right. a crazy person. Um, but I, I just like the idea of exploring theories and being a little weird about it and like just going off on a tangent a little because I've seen lots of sci-fi stuff. So why not? <laughs> I like the idea of not understanding everything that's out there. Yeah. I like the idea that there's something that some things that we just don't understand or like that exist that aren't easily provable. Yeah. And I, I'm the kind of person who wants answers. I don't, my husband is someone who likes to wonder. He's like, can't you just wonder about something? Why do you, I'm like, no, I need the answer immediately. I have to look it up on my phone right now. Like I don't want to have a question mark. So I like sort of exploring everything from this is just anxiety manifesting itself and it's your brain's way of dealing with it and whatever to, yeah, there's a multidimensional portal and there's agents from a government in the future that's coming back to watch you sleep. <laughs> I want all of it. I was just watching, I just found that, unex, um, what is it? So, shit, mysteries, unexplained mysteries. Unsolved, unsolved, unsolved mysteries. Thank you. Unsolved mysteries. So it came back. It's on Netflix. And mm -hmm. Um, they've got a season two and I didn't realize they at some point added two extra um, episodes to season one. And one of them was about these bunkers happening on reservations. And it was an episode about two of the rangers on um, a Navajo reservation and their assignment is to investigate paranormal happenings so mm -hmm. they are looking they've had experiences and they interviewed people on the show people who have had experiences with a bigfoot type thing and someone being followed by lights that then took off into the sky and looked like a shooting star but one of the rangers had an experience when he was younger with a skinwalker um and which i know you're not supposed to say that name because it's like it's not good. Um, they freak me the they, fuck same out. same and i was i was reading an, an article about it and you know about how they've manifested and and who they maybe were before they turned into this creature um and you know it's, Put your face back by the microphone, please. I can't. I'm trying to stick a pacifier in my child's mouth. So okay, then just hang on. We'll wait. It's um, fine. <laughs> but it's just, it's insane. But it's like, 
it's part of their culture. It's part of their history. It's something that mm. has been passed down through right. generations. It's stories. It's not just so much folklore, right? Which we've discussed a lot of folklore and stories because they're passed down and because they're spoken about so much that they become a reality, right? These are mm. firsthand accounts of stuff that is being seen by multiple people. Right. Right. Um, and but it seems to be happening on this land that is open, that is not necessarily as inhabited by like swaths of neighborhoods and people. Um, but it's it's it, it's that thing of especially the lights and things coming from, you know, and shooting up and people seeing things in the sky. I'm not keen on talking about aliens. Aliens freak me the fuck out. Joy is like, aliens. I'm not. Um, Joy is cool with talking about it. I'm not. Um, but it's, it's because it ties into cultural stuff with me from an anthropological and archaeological background. Like it ties in. And I know that I sit there and yell at ancient aliens when I watch it. Like, you're not giving humans enough credit for being smart. There's still a lot of stuff in cultural folklore history like creation myths that all are very similar mm -hmm. and lots have star people or bird people or ships in the sky or angels whatever it is yeah there's lots of similarities so again it goes it's the same thing which part of the spectrum do you want to fall on do you want to say well these are just the myths that happened because we didn't understand where things came from. It's the same reason we had thunder and rain gods. We didn't understand how that worked. Or is there a fucking portal in the sky and people are coming to visit us? Or is there an actual mothership that's sending people down and there are star seeds? Like, I'll get into it because I just like thinking about possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing for me is like when hundreds of people see the same thing separately, you know, like the second Unsolved Mysteries this season, they saw lights all over a small mm -hmm. town mm -hmm. and they're called in. And then people who would never in a million years uh, believe in the paranormal who see something. And that's when I'm like, mm, there's something there. Yeah, those are the people that are like, I don't believe in this, but I know what I saw. Exactly. Right. And like there are stories of people like I'm not even supposed to know that they saw something, you know, because they were like, you better not tell anybody about this. Right. I mean, that's why we started the podcast is because there's a stigma attached to it. There is people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of being labeled crazy or, you know, like in this episode I'm talking about with the lights and everything, one of the people it happened to, she didn't want to have her face shown because she was afraid of the reaction of people. And we started this show because we want to normalize talking about these experiences and take that shame and stigma away from people because it is for a lot of people it's a traumatic experience it's mm -hmm. confusing and it makes them question their own sanity of did i like you gaslight yourself did i see that was it real 
And yeah. so it's to it's to give people that grace and it's to start that healing process of no, what you experienced is what like if it's real to you, it's real. Right? Right. Yeah. They mentioned on that episode specifically with the paranormal rangers that the older generation knew about these occurrences, these paranormal things that were happening on the reservation and on their land and had been for, you know, thousands of years and it's been told, but they didn't talk about them because that's not what they did. Like it was taboo. It was not something they spoke about. And there is sort of like an overarching theme with that generation of the indigenous people and the overall like culture of at least Western culture right now, where we're just like, no, can we please like stop making everything taboo? Can we please talk about these things? Can we talk about weird stuff that happens? Can we talk about how we feel? Can we talk about mental health? Like, can we talk about all these things that the people who are older than us don't want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that there's a lot more of that happening now, just in culture in general, in society, but also with paranormal stuff. Again, you're seeing this resurgence of more shows and more ghost hunting and more psychics sort of like, I don't know if you remember, like in the the eighties and early nineties, there was a resurgence of it again. So like it kind of comes in waves and then people, oh, poo poo, there's crystals and woo woo and get out of here, you crazy hippie and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But there's always like that undercurrent and it keeps coming back. And I think because of the way culture is now, because we're saying, let's talk about all of it so -hmm. that we're not alone in any of it because we Mm -hmm. shouldn't be alone. I mean, that's the important thing. So can I tell you guys a story about a dream I had while I was in rehab? Yes, please. Yes, please. And then I would like to tell you guys about a way that I found how to get out of sleep paralysis. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and I'm all about getting rid of stigma too. So any kind, but I'll tell you the story or the dream I had in rehab. Again, sober. I'm in bed. And and when I wake up in this dream, I'm I'm in my bedroom at home, right? It's dark. Um, (laughs) My bed is facing the door. (laughs) I look and at the foot of my bed, on my bed, lying horizontally is a woman. Like a very creepy, like see-through, white, misty woman who slowly arches her back and sits up. Mm -mm. Yes. And I'm thinking, what the hell? And she says my name. And all of a sudden, these different figures, ghosts, people, like they look like people, but they're ghosts, start popping up. Lots of children, like, and they're kind of like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're kind of like staggered right everywhere and they're all saying Lori 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 all of them and and they continue to pop up so I get out of bed I don't remember if I'm heavy or not but um the apartment kind of turns into like one huge 
area, like no real walls or anything. And there's just these people popping up everywhere. And I go uh, to where my front door is. And on the left wall next to my front door is this huge wall with these huge doors, like in Young Frankenstein, you know, with like the huge knockers. And you're like, and I know that my, my mom is in there. So I'm like banging on the door screaming, mom, mom. And these people are all around me saying, Lori, Lori. And I can't get to my mom. Like there's no chance that she can even hear me or whatever. Or if she hears me, she's ignoring me. And then I hear this loud voice saying, Lori, Lori, Lori. And I wake up and my roommate is on top of me. What? It's her. Yeah. It's her voice that's coming into my dream. Wait, wait, hang on a minute. Real life. You're, she's on top of you. She's on top of me. And it's her voice saying my name coming into my dream. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And she said, you're thrashing about screaming for your mom. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know where to start with that, Lori. <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, my. And you didn't recognize any of the ghosts where they just like, you couldn't tell. They were just sizes of children and adults. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you, I mean, you seemed scared. You were running away from them or were you still oh, just I trying to get to your mom? I was terrified. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, I feel like that's an accurate feeling. I, I'm terrified just listening to it. Um, <laughs> I was just hiding in my sweatshirt listening to that whole story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's the only time that someone outside my dream saved me. Wow. From my dream. Which is like always the goal. That's what I'm always trying to do is like to get someone to save me. Just to wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so insane. how, what did you figure out to get out of sleep paralysis? Okay. So I don't think I mentioned it this time, but you know, like eventually when I had these dreams in my uh, teens and twenties, in order to finally wake myself up, I would bang my head against the wall mm -hmm. very slowly oh, God. to wake myself up. And I don't know if I was acting it out because nobody else was there. But when I was in rehab, I knew I was acting it out because the girl told me that I was thrashing about yelling for my mom. Mm -mm. And that's pretty what I was doing in my dream. So, But I don't know if the banging the head thing... Like if I was actually doing that in real life, mm. but, and this kind of like plays into the dream that I had last night too. I have insane dreams. Um, Wait, you had you a, you had a crazy dream last night, the night before you're going to be recording with us. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a little bit funnier, but I was scared. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll just tell you what I found out. The other day, I was reading about it, 
And it said, in order to wake yourself up from sleep paralysis or like give it a try, isolate one part of your body and try to move it. Like when you're in the dream, mm. try to move it in real life. And they said, like, start with a finger maybe and move it until maybe you can move another finger and that might wake you up, right? So I realized that what I've been doing in my dreams is I try really hard to just open my eyes Mm -hmm. and that seems to work. So that's been very helpful for me. And I was doing that before I knew about this. And last night I had this dream where I was like going over all these crazy bridges. And at some point I get really tired. So all of a sudden I'm afraid of being on the bridges because I am afraid of heights. Right. And so I just lie down and I feel like I'm going to fall to my death and I can't move. Like I just am too terrified to move. And um, that's scaring the crap out of me. So for some reason, unbeknownst to me, Anna Wentworth comes to try to get me off of the bridge. Wait, did you say, did you say Anna Wintour? That is, that is what I said. Okay. Good old Anna Wintour, okay. whose job is to get people off of bridges when they're really scared. Right. Okay. So somehow she gets me off of the first bridge. And then like I'm I'm at the Golden Gate Bridge and I totally like move this whole huge pillar thing because I think it's gonna be helpful, but then I'm like literally like one that's thousands of feet tall or however tall those things are. And um, I move it and I somehow get stuck on that bridge and I'm really terrified. And then a mentor comes pulls me off the bridge it's like I'm on something that moves and she pulls me off of the bridge but while I'm stuck on the bridge I think on the first bridge when I was really terrified of falling to my death I tried really hard to open my eyes Mm -hmm. and then I was off of that bridge but last night I don't think I fully woke up which is how I landed on the second bridge oh okay and in my head i was like i should be practicing this i should be practicing opening my eyes so that i become very good at it if i have (laughs) (laughs) that's it see listeners all right so next time anyone is stuck in a dream in sleep paralysis you can try Lori's method of just it sounds so simple just try to open your eyes Wiggle something. Just wiggle a finger. Maybe wiggle a toe. Wiggle just, one one butt cheek. Just something. <laughs> just focus on it. Just that one little phalange. So just that one. When have you had any sleep paralysis dreams since you got sober? Well, I mean, the dream that I had in in the um, rehab that was soon after I got sober. I'm just, I, and honestly, they put me on a medication uh, to help me not have night terrors. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. my dream 
haven't been as nuts. Like I haven't had any dreams. I don't think where, you know, I'm thrashing around or whatever. Did you go on that medication before you had the dream about the person standing next to you that popped like a bubble? Yes. Mm, you could move then. Right, right, right. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I had for like a few months before that happened. That's interesting. I wonder if you wouldn't have been able to move if you weren't on the medication. And also that time you were awake and it was a real thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm wondering if, if she had not been on the medication, maybe the medication is, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it took mm. all of the other stuff and just left me seeing what was real. Yeah, wow. Oh, man. Like, what if it was a sign or like some kind of like message or something? Because when I was a kid, there was nothing more terrifying to me than waking up and seeing something staring at me next to my bed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Who wants that? No, but I don't. No. no I mean, like, I thought about it a lot. Like, what if I wake up and somebody's next to my bed? I still sleep with my head under the covers. Yeah, I mean, that's like a, that's a thing, though, that's like evolutionarily built into you. Nobody, <laughs> no animal, nothing wants to be sleeping and then wake up with something over them, like in the most vulnerable position. That is, I mean, that's everything True. that you're afraid of. Yeah. Um, so anyone doing that intentionally, unintentionally, live, dead, other universe, X files, government agent, they're doing it to make you very scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was that same girl who like woke me up. She was like, I've never seen anyone sleep with their head under the covers before. Mm -hmm. And I ghost you don't want to wake up and see a ghost yeah no i've definitely i sleep with just my nose out so i can breathe and everything else <laughs> there definitely yeah Absolutely. i've done that i've I, totally done that i now i now sleep with my arm over my face i left my arm up and i put it over my over my eyes to sleep That's how my cat sleeps i <laughs> thank you Jimmy. it's either that or i have to wear a big eye mask um oh yes yeah. i've seen the eye mask and you've seen my eye mask yeah, in I've action i need yeah. that pressure on my eyes i mean firstly because i get migraines and headaches and they tend to wake me up but also because it dreams and things i we we lived in a house where I would wake up and I knew someone was standing next to the bed watching me sleep. And I knew it was a man, but it was, it wasn't sleep paralysis like thing. It was, I knew that it was someone who had passed away standing there watching me sleep. But this is also the same house that we didn't really have any activity until we started to get ready to move out. And at that point it ramped up incredibly quickly and I, there were there was activity in our daughter's room and she was a baby like we have it captured yeah. on camera of orbs in her bed um going underneath in and out and also just very clearly at the end of her crib while she scrunched herself at the other end making you know distress noises hearing loud bangs from the room where we were stacking boxes and just feeling very uncomfortable um so it's just the fact that you 
I, I think it's really interesting the fact that when you started on this medication that you really mm-hmm. saw something like it was there. You know what I mean? It, so it was, right. It was it, not a dream. Yeah. You were not just, you're, it's not in the middle of a dream and you can't move because that's what your body does. It's like, no, this is here and you can turn the light on. See? So, so I did go to the sleep doctor finally mm-hmm. because I've been having chest pains and shortness of breath. Oh no. Yeah. And, um, so I went to urgent care, spent the night. They were freaking out because I was having, um, shortness of breath and chest pains. And then, um, I'm like, Hey, you know what? While I'm here, because when I was in rehab, they said, do not pass, go, go immediately to a sleep center and like, get that stuff figured out. Cause they were like, you're having night tears. You're like, so, but I hadn't done it. And so while I'm in the ER, I'm like, can you guys just kind of, see like if anything weird happens while I'm asleep you know because I'm supposed to be tested and mm-hmm. and they were like yeah what is paper in the middle of the night they come rushing in with oxygen and they're like you're stopping breathing like you're literally like not breathing like you keep stopping right so then they just like they're like you like definitely have sleep apnea but you need to go to a doctor like to get all that settled and they like stick the oxygen up my nose and I'm like okay so I do I make an appointment with a sleep sleep doctor I go in and he's like okay we'll do a test for sleep apnea which I'm sure you have and then he's like but I also think you have narcolepsy oh interesting interesting right because i thought like narcolepsy was just when you like fell asleep in your soup like when you're just like (laughs) right (laughs) it's a very dramatic thing where you just all of a sudden are out yeah i don't think i have that and he's like well let me tell you what like uh one of the biggest symptoms of narcolepsy is sleep paralysis oh my goodness oh shut up what can you believe that wow yep that's interesting listeners did you hear that are you rethinking your situation with narcolepsy right now right oh wow i never in a million years saw it like i I guess like that's really only what i thought about narcolepsy is that you just like fall asleep while you're yeah doing something in opportune times right <laughs> oh wow oh i have to look into that somewhere yeah and then he's the one who was like you know and then you know you see figures and stuff when you have the sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and that's what i know what i saw yeah i didn't say it to him but you know yeah no you know the difference you know the difference and you're continuing seeing them for sleep stuff or are you all done now? Well, so the thing is, and like restless legs too, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that I but um he so like I took an at-home test. They said you have like complicated sleep apnea. So now they're gonna put me on a machine mm-hmm. that will like not it's not a CPAP, it's an APAP, which means that it will change as my breathing changes, the airflow will change as my breathing changes. Oh, that is just constant airflow. It doesn't change. So they're going to put me on that. They put me on medication for the restless legs, 
which a couple of nights ago, I thought I saw shadows out of the corners of my eyes, but it had to be the medication, right? Who are you talking to? It had to be the medication. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, <laughs> do me a favor, Lori. As this continues, if you have any other weird dreams, uh, shadow visitors at your bedside, uh, just let us know because I'm interested to see what happens now that you have these diagnoses and if anything else changes because there seems to have been a big change since you started taking medication. Right. And they're going to like let me stay on the air thing for like a few weeks or months and then they're going to bring me back to test me for them. Okay. Very interesting. I have one more question before we before we wrap up. Has your daughter experienced any of this herself? Or just 100% healthiest sleeper I know. Good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Like, how, old, how old is she? She's 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's always been able to like lie down in her bed, go to sleep, period. Like... Her sleep is a little wonky right now, but because she's so stressed out and she's got so much going on, but no, she doesn't experience anything like this. Wow. Which is, you know, my greatest hope. I did not want her to like go through this. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like, please just sleep like your dad. <laughs> so he could just, he's like a light switch. He's like, well, it's bedtime. Good night. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, like, that was, like, a very big thing with me. Like, also, like, I tried to, like, make her feel safe when she was little, when she was going to sleep. And yeah, all things, like, no anxiety around going to sleep and blah, blah, blah. But she's never had any sort of dreams like what I have. See, and I think this is part of the reason why it's important that we need to talk about it so that we can start instilling things like this is a safe place when you go to sleep and you shouldn't be nervous and you should feel calm and have no anxiety. And if you have anxiety, let's talk about it. See, this is just a whole mental health ghost therapy episode. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like from the beginning, I was doing concrete things to be like, okay, this is going to help you sleep, you know, and she does. And I'm just so grateful. And like oh, a couple of days great. ago, I guess I doctor thing. And she was like, do you think that like, I'm going to have that? And I was like, Nope, I really don't. Cause I think you like, you've been a normal, wonderful sleeper your whole life. Mm-hmm. Good job, mom. <laughs> Good job. Emily does this thing at the end of every episode. Do you want to tell her about the thing you love doing? Oh, thing I love doing is, we try to end on a on a high note, which is <laughs> my my kid is like yeah, um, and you'll get this because of you know a secret handshake club that we're in. Um, gratitude. What is it this week that's happened that you're grateful for? I'm super, super grateful that I am going to get an APAP machine. I'm grateful that I'm not going to have to like stop breathing while I'm asleep. And I think that'll help with my heart issues. I'm grateful that my daughter is uh, getting ready to go to college and she's, she's doing so well. I don't know. I'm grateful for my dogs. 
I'm grateful that I'm sober every single day. I'm grateful that I'm sober because it's just a whole different life, a whole different human. That's probably number one every day. Man, that that clarity and getting used to the clarity and the discomfort that comes with it, that's a journey. That is a journey. Yeah. It was really hard at first. And I was saying at a meeting a couple of days ago, I was like, every, it's just like dreams. I was like, everything was the same. And the only thing that was different is that I was not drinking. I was going to meetings. I was until like, and it was all the same. I felt horrible until I didn't, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, I'm just grateful for that. Well, there's that, there's the shame hangover that comes with it. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because you sure. you don't have the shame cycle of you feel like shit, so you drink, and then you go back to feeling like shit because you did drink. Do you know what I mean? So then you drink again. It's it's that cycle. And one thing that's very interesting, I wasn't going to bring up, but relapse dreams. <gasps> oh, they're the worst. Mine are always tiered. I still have them. I have them often. But in my relapse stream, I always remember the last relapse stream. So I'm like, ah, screw it. I already relapsed. Might as well just go ahead and have I mean, you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it as you wake up and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's just a reminder of things you don't want to do. Or it's a free lapse. It's a freebie because it's not really happening. You're dreaming it. Well, when I wake up, I'm super grateful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my sponsor is like, um, it's just like a gift of gratitude that you're not, that that didn't really happen. Yeah. And you like wait your life for what it is. Mm-hmm. Dream-wise, they're a big thing right now. Joy. What, you want mine? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Joy. What am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. Well, you know me. I always have something real serious to talk about with my oh, yeah. gratitudes. It is the hell is today it is november 3rd it was just halloween we rocked our costumes and i am very thankful for all this leftover candy mm. that's all i'm just real happy i have some bite-sized candy light around the house <laughs> <laughs> that's all all right emily what are you grateful for i got a heavy one this week oh no yes. i'm such a jerk jesus sorry um i am grateful that I recognized that I'm struggling um, in newborn land. I <laughs> is he laughing at you while you're saying this? Because that's rude. yeah. No, he's like he's he's fighting sleep right now. Oh, like, yeah, that's that's why you're having a hard time in newborn he's land. Physically fighting sleep right now. Yeah. Um, He's pulling a joy. He's just trying to punch into nothing. Um, I am grateful for the fact that I recognized early on that I'm struggling, that Mm -hmm. I need to ask for and accept help, and that I know that there are resources and that there is a wonderful program through UCLA for um, postpartum depression and anxiety that also deals with trauma, like birth trauma, which is what I experienced with this little nugget. 
and I started yesterday and I'm I'm really grateful that I'm navigating this in a healthy manner um or at least attempting to and and instead of living in the problem I'm seeking the solution so I'm I'm grateful that there is I I'm doing something to help me but also help my my family do you know what i mean my my mm -hmm. and not have it affect the dynamics at home with with the members of my family especially my daughter because i went through this with her this is my my i'm a retread this is my second time through the program i went through it with her and um it's bringing up some of the the things i had with her when she was a kid that whole you feel like a failure as a parent because of things happening and while the circumstances are different this time around the feelings are still the same so um i'm really grateful i'm in i'm in gratitude it's hard emotionally because it's bringing up a lot of shit so i'm doing a lot of crying but in the process i know that i'm on the road to healing um so i'm a big people don't talk about postpartum depression they just talk about it being the baby blues postpartum depression and psychosis is fucking real and no one talks about it and it's very isolating and so i always try and talk about it and um you know i'm gonna put some links some resources uh in our link tree thingy in our bio for anyone else going through this and it's also not just the birth parent it also affects partners it affects partners as well um and that is something that's really not talked about because there's that belief that just because they didn't you know knit together a human with their body and birth them that it doesn't affect them it does it does yeah. so yeah, of course um i'm gonna put some resources um with that so that is my gratitude that um i'm on i started my journey to not be crying all the time <laughs> to feel better to feel better and enjoy having a baby i mean i i adore this kid i adore this kid of course um obvi it's um it's the for me it's more this time around the um that PTSD, the flashbacks to the birth experience mm -hmm. and how it affects you emotionally. You and had a tough go, hon. It was, it was, yeah. man. it was an experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of you. And yes, it is work. It is work to feel better. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm proud of you. You're doing the right thing. Thank you. Good job. So, so important to be open and honest, Emily. That's the best thing that you can do for everyone. Well, yeah really and it's tools that i got from my journey into sobriety it's just mm -hmm. applying them it's applying them in a different area of my life right yeah but you don't have to go through recovery from you know what we went through in order to seek recovery and develop tools in other areas of your life you yeah. know you just have to ask for help and accept it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And some people don't know that. And it's just really a blessing that you're opening their eyes or. Yeah. Well, it's there's a stigma attached to it. Like 
you know, whether whether you want it or not, you know, there's shame that mm-hmm. that you're experiencing it, that there's that whole trope of being, you know, being pregnant is amazing and magical. I had a really, really <laughs> hard pregnancy. I was yeah. the only thing I was glowing with was with my face in the toilet all the time. Yep. Um, yeah. That was a glow, uh, you know, and then, you know, the time after with, with your newborn is magical and it's not, it's fucking hard. And sometimes people, sometimes people experience what I'm experiencing. So it's important mm-hmm. to ask for help. It's important to talk about it because the more it's talked about, the more people are aware and the less stigma will be with it. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's important. I mean, I want to interject. I know that you said anxiety, but like, I remember when I had Enzo and I was just petrified of having postpartum depression because I had a history of depression. Mm-hmm. Well, no one told me that anxiety was the thing that came with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I just, this must just be how mom's brains work, that you're just worried about everything all the time so that you can keep the baby safe. That must be right. what this is because I'm so happy that I just, I've never been this happy in my life. I've never been this not depressed in my life. Mm-hmm. but I was just riddled with anxiety. Right. So PPD, PPA, actual things. Do not be afraid to ask somebody for help for both. Right. Well, so anyway, <laughs> now that we have this <laughs> really great mental health episode that I'm super proud of. On that note, um, yeah. Laurie, thank you so much for joining us. Please thank keep you. us please keep us updated with your journey of medication and if any other things appear to you while you're awake. Ooh. <laughs> um I kind of like that night, I was like, ooh. The next night I was like, ooh, I hope it happens again. Like I'd love to see that thing again. Oh, you're crazy. Ooh, Laurie, she said it. It's What's coming wrong? for her. She was, said yeah, it out loud. That shit. Also, just a heads up, we have had people that have been on the show that have talked about this stuff and then it happens. So just an FYI, um, it there's a possibility that it will, a distinct possibility that it will. So apologies, but not apologies because you're actually looking forward to it. So, sure. you know, congratulations. We're excited for your next visit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for this journey for you. That's right. <laughs> thank you so much it was really fun hanging out i appreciate you taking the time yeah delightful you know i always say anessa is like the one friend i have who any friend of hers that i meet i'm like yes yes these people are amazing we love her we love her she's she, good people she is yes we love her so i am she's absolutely not surprised that we love you too <laughs> until next time listeners uh, Till next time, sage yourself, Fuzz. And don't be afraid of the dark. But I will. Still with my nightlight, even though Lori's gotten over it. I said. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thank you, guys. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, she's base. She's safe. She's the safe zone. Like, everything will be okay once you get there. But I never get there.